Welcome to the Matrix Care Podcast, Monday, March 12th. Brought to you by the software leaders for long-term care providers. Matrix Care is dedicated to sharing knowledge and building awareness among providers across the spectrum of care, from home care to skilled nursing to senior living and life plan communities. Our topics will focus on either industry-specific trends or a specific technology that is shaping our industry. We will strive to educate and entertain along the way and where appropriate put Matrix Care products in the spotlight to discuss in detail how they help you achieve your high-quality results. We'll also include guest speakers in every episode, experts from either within Matrix Care or industry figures among our clients or partners who will help advance our chosen topic of discussion. In fact, we're fortunate to have many of those recognized industry experts as part of the Matrix Care team. Today's episode is being brought to you by Matrix Care, the leader in long-term care software, aiming to improve the lives of seniors and the people who care for them. If you have software needs to manage your clinical or financial information in skilled nursing, senior living, home care, or life plan communities, please visit our website at www.matrixcare.com to learn more. Or call us directly at 800-869-1322. Well, thanks for joining us today. We're excited to begin uh, this show and glad that you're along for the ride. My name is Dr. Orr. I am the Director of Enterprise Interoperability at Matrix Care with a focus on all of the things that allow us to exchange information back and forth. And related to that is how do we secure that data and some of those other things. And so today we're going to discuss a little around security with one of our leading experts at Matrix Care, Joe Berkman. And it's important for the following reasons. We're talking about very sensitive information that you want to protect, that you need to make sure you don't allow other people to have access to unless they're supposed to. So at the conclusion of today's podcast, you'll have a takeaway from a a better understanding of today's topic and how to make that information actionable. Uh, and maybe even a call to action within your organization. So, Joe Berkman, welcome to today's podcast. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Joe, tell us a little bit about, tell us your title and then a little bit about you, and uh, we'll go from there. Well, uh, my name is uh, Joe Berkman, as Dr. already said. Uh, I am the product manager for uh, a technology platform. I have been uh, with the company for, uh, I guess it's about 18 years now. I came here from uh, uh, the long-term care industry, uh, where I had been a business office manager and a medical records coordinator at various times, and uh, worked in support for a short time, and then moved over to the product side uh, of things. And uh, today, my brief includes um, Lots of different things that have to do with uh, things that are cross-portfolio, how our products work together. Not so much the interoperability side, as Doc handles that very well, uh, but more in regard to technology initiatives, uh, many of which um, wind up being more about authorization and authentication, authorization being the question of uh, um, what you're able to do once you get logged in, and authentication being the process of logging the user in, like who is this person, do they have rights to get into this system? Uh, and so on. So, uh, Joe, you handle a number of initiatives. I know one of those is what we call our SSO or single sign-on, correct? Um, Yep. Yeah. So as you go about your uh, day job of managing those kinds of projects and initiatives, 
what keeps you up at night about security? Oh, great question. Um, I think the thing that keeps me up at night about security is the potential failure of it. Uh, we recognize that uh, our client's data is crucial. It is so delicate. Uh, as you probably know, the, uh, uh, the value of a set of um, uh, medical records, including things like Social Security numbers and Medicaid numbers and so on, uh, is much greater on the black market than, uh, than, uh, than a credit card number is, because the credit card number could only be used once, basically, and then, or twice, and then, and then the authorities figure out that something's going on and the, the uh, account gets shut down and uh, you know, the, the credit card company takes a small financial hit and everybody goes away and uh, uh, conducts their business uh, uh, from there. With uh, medical record information, that's a whole different thing because uh, uh, bad actors can use that information for quite some time and submit lots and lots of, of, uh, of bogus uh, Medicaid, Medicare billing, and insurance billing even in some cases, and uh, that tends to not get caught as soon as uh, other kinds of, uh, of uh, malfeasance do because uh, no one's looking at it as closely, unfortunately. I think the feds are getting a little better these days about tracking that, but there's still uh, much more opportunity is this one of those things that we, we, we assume we've done the, the right thing and we just then move on as if life is okay and, and don't come back? Is that, uh, well, yes and no. I mean, there's a, there's a little of that in that we provide the, the framework and the protocols and the software that will do what needs to be done. But... Uh, all of that is only as good as the client's security practices are. Uh, for example, um, one of, the, one of the, the favorite ways that the bad guys have of getting into people's systems these days is to uh, send out uh, phishing emails. It's phishing with a PH. Uh, or spear phishing, if they, they call it, if it's very specifically targeted to a particular recipient instead of just a blanket thing that goes out to everybody in the company. And uh, this happens all the time. The, the bad guys figure out how to forge Gmail headers. They send an email uh, to a whole bunch of people at once uh, in a given uh, location of uh, a healthcare facility, and they uh, uh, have actually gotten control of the uh, of the director of nursing's email account, or, the, or the, the chairman of the board, or the medical director, and and uh, uh, they're getting better and better all the time at this, at making them look authentic and containing links and uh, um, uh, electronic signature documents that uh, say, click on this link and enter your uh, your uh, facility password information, and people fall for that all the time, um, less and less. Um, uh, as time goes on, as we see more and more of this, it becomes more of a jungle out there than it's ever been. But uh, once that's done, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. One of the things that can go wrong is that uh, uh, a reasonably adept hacker can go in and uh, into the company's system and uh, pull out a list of uh, passwords. Now, those passwords are almost always going to be encrypted, hashed and salted, mm -hmm. and, and uh, uh, handled in a very secure way. But uh, uh, what's not commonly realized is that uh, breaking uh, a fairly simple password out of uh, that kind of information uh, is uh, actually very, very easy. Um, it could take only a few minutes to uh, break a, a, uh, uh, all the easy passwords out of a data file like that. And uh, once that's done, then they have everything they need to, uh, to get into the system and, and uh, 
pull any data they want to. If, uh, now, the, the trick with that is the question, I guess, is what is a good password? And hasn't the thinking about that changed over the last uh, couple it, it years? Has. It has. Uh, uh, NIST, NIST, who is responsible for setting standards. So that's uh, for those who are not familiar, National Institute of Standards and Technology. Right, right thank you. Um, they uh, have done pretty much a 180-degree about-face on, on what a good password is. Um, I don't think this has been well publicized yet, but uh, um, the old recommendation was, uh, was be clever, use lots of uppercase and lowercase and numbers and symbols and things like that, and you'll be fine. And it turns out those don't actually make passwords any harder to break than if you just put in, uh, uh, you know, an, an eight-letter word. Um, uh, you wouldn't think it would be that way, but, uh, but hackers know what people do with, with passwords and you know, what they'll do if they're allowed to do in terms of making them easy to, to type. And it turns out that the most important thing in the current uh, uh, recommendations from NIST now is length. Make your password long. Make it like 12 characters, 14 characters, 18 characters. And it doesn't matter if you're using ones instead of I's or zeros instead of O's or, or, uh, or, or putting a, an uppercase character in the middle of it. Uh, it's just length. And it really it gets down to computer uh, processing power and how fast the, uh, the hackers can run this, uh, this uh, set of passwords through their uh, through their software. And this software, you could get, even on the regular internet, much less the dark web, you could go out there today and find all kinds of cracking software that is exactly for this. A common trick is to uh, uh, get a whole bunch of uh, graphics cards uh, in, your, uh, in your computer and, uh, uh, and chain those up in such a way as to use their graphics processors to augment the processing power of the computer. They can churn through passwords much faster that way. But if the password is long enough, you have this exponential relationship between the length of the password and how long it takes to break. Um, and hasn't their thinking also changed about how often or whether you even need to change your password? Or your right, password? right, right. The old, the old uh, standard was uh, change your passwords frequently. Uh, you enforce a password expiration so that your users have to change your passwords every month, every three months, every six months. And now the thinking there is that that doesn't really help very much because users being human beings, they tend to do things like uh, pick a password and put a number on the end of it. And uh, uh, then when they have to change their password, they change, change it from a one to a two. And they just do that every, uh, every three months, six months. And it doesn't make it any harder to break. Um, it would, I suppose, if someone had learned that password, it would make the password become uh, usable or unusable after uh, mm -hmm. three months, so you'd have a potentially three-month period of, of free access by somebody who learned the password. Uh, so now the recommendation is uh, don't make people change their passwords because that that doesn't help. Uh, uh, if the password is long enough um, and complexity is not really an issue anymore and it's not really a valid criterion, uh, passwords long enough, uh, you're good to go. And pick something that you can remember, like. Uh, um, uh, verbose dolphins in the woods, for example. Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. folks, don't don't use that because we <laughs> yeah, just that off limits. I just I just right. Yeah. yeah. So so Joe, what are we doing at Matrix Care to help our clients uh, enforce this kind of uh, security? Well, I think what we're doing right here and now is is part of that. 
Uh, we're trying to publicize uh, current thinking in, uh, in, uh, in systems uh, security and, and kind of get people used to these new ideas, these new changes, uh, because it seems kind of counterintuitive that we used to be saying, make passwords very complex, and uh, now we're saying make them very long. You can do either of those things uh, in our systems. You can today set many of our systems up to have a minimum complexity, but uh, it turns out that the length criterion is, is the more important mm -hmm. factor. Uh, so uh, uh, that, that's kind of the, the takeaway message here. Okay. Also, okay. Um, cautions about phishing and making sure that you know what you're clicking on. Sure. Uh, when, when you get an email that uh, seems even a little bit funny and they get to where they look better and better all the time, so it's harder and harder to tell. Just send someone an email. Don't reply to it, but just send them an email back if you have a question about, did you really send me this document that needed yeah. an electronic right. signature, that kind of thing. Right. And send them a separate email. Don't reply to that. Yeah, absolutely. A separate email because you never know where it's going to wind up going. Well, Joe, I want to thank you for taking a few minutes out of uh, day. I know you manage many projects. Uh, I know that we can make available uh, some of the links to some of the places we've talked about. Uh, NIST does have uh, resources for uh, password uh, recommendations. Uh, so we'll make that available to you uh, in the notes for today's podcast, which now is concluded. Uh, so thanks for listening. Be sure to visit us at www.matrixcare.com for more information on our products and services. And please, Give us feedback on iTunes to let us know everything from how to improve the podcast to future topics that you'd like to see discussed. On behalf of Matrix Care and our guest today, Joe Berkman, thanks for listening, and we hope to have you back for our next episode of the Matrix Care Podcast.